Welcome to the embodiment of sex, where we experience life through pleasure. Here we dance with the fires of desire in order to rekindle, recreate, and rebirth self. Join Sunshine Ryan and a few fully embodied folks as we dive into intimate connection with your unique creative sexual flow. Join us each week as we laugh and explore sex, self, sensuality, and learn to embody our sex like we never have before. Here's Sunshine Ryan. Hey everybody, it's me, Sunshine Ryan, and you are listening to The Embodiment of Sex. And this week we are going to speak about attachment styles. So there are a couple of different theories out there about attachment styles. And if you are really interested in this after the podcast is over, I just recommend that you search it up. There's tons of stuff on the internet about attachment styles. I personally don't really get too <laughs> attached to attachment styles. <laughs> um, it's it's good to know and and it's good to kind of research it, learn about it, and then move on. No. <laughs> Uh, don't, I mean, uh, I, <laughs> I'm not one to get stuck on a label, so, so I'm trying my best, and I recommend that you guys try your best too, and if that means that you have a crazy attachment style, you know, who cares? No. <laughs> This is so you can bring it into your awareness and then do what you want with it, right? I I am so tired of social media and everyone telling us what to do. I mean, I do too, obviously, but telling us what to do and how to live our lives. Like the best approach to relationships and to living <laughs> is to do what you want. No. <laughs> cracking myself up. Uh, But really, it's to first learn who you are, how you function, how you move through the world. And then with the things that you are not necessarily fond of, then we can work on those, right? We can read a book about it. We can take a class. We can take a workshop. We can go to therapy. We can do all these things so we can start to shift uh, those qualities that we are not really fond of into something maybe that we would like a little bit more. And that's going to be a continuous process. So don't, I, so, so that's why I'm like, don't get too attached to the attachment style. But again, you can do what you want. Uh, so <laughs> when we are little, and I find this more and more fascinating, the more, um, I started to work with children again, just the processes of like a newborn uh, doing, having the reflexes, right? Like all of this starts to wire our brains and and our brains are going to uh, start to form with a sense of security or maybe a sense of scarcity or maybe a sense of urgency or maybe a sense of survival, Uh, depending on where we're raised, who raises us, what experiences we go through. This is how our brain starts to form and this is how our our nervous system starts to form. So when we are our children, we are making those synapses happen. We are building those depending on what is surrounding us. And this is why childhood mental health is so important. Um, 
yeah, we can always go back and try to work on these things, but if we can get it from the very beginning, amazing. Now, not all of us have that option to have um, these beautiful beginnings, right? We, we just didn't get offered that. So now we're adults and we're trying to figure it out. We're starting to ask ourselves, why are we like this? Why are we like that? Um, and, and it's, and it's a hard, (laughs) it can be a hard, long process, but keep going, keep working on it. Like, don't, don't give up. Don't lose hope. Um, I've come such a long ways than I, than who I was eight to 10 years ago. Um, but it's taken me eight to 10 years to get to this place. (laughs) And I I like this place where I am now, but I am so looking forward to more and more growth. Because the more growth that I experience, I'm just like, wow. The world is not anything that I thought it was. Um, Okay, so... Our, our early experience in, uh, experiences in life are going to be stored. And so these stored experiences are kind of like instructions. It's kind of like blueprints on your psyche. And so there can be a blueprint on your psyche about how we create attachments. And so we are wired uh, at a pretty young age. Li- age about how we're going to understand and relate to others. And so we want to be able to understand and relate to others while still feeling a sense of security within ourselves. And so the first, um, this, these ideas of attachment theories or attachment styles that I'm going to get into, um, are going to be anchors, islands and waves and so next week I'll probably talk about a different uh, a different take on attachment styles for this week however we're going to focus on these three types the anchor the island and the waves so each style is going to have its own strengths and its own weaknesses and so although uh, we'll kind of okay so we'll get into what they are but it does say that anchors usually have the easiest time when they're in relationships. And then in a notice, in a little bit, you'll see why they're going to have the easiest time. So usually, you might flow through different styles uh, in your life. However, there is usually one that is going to be more dominant than the other. And it's going to take a very conscious approach and some effort to be able to change that. Because remember what I was saying before, it's wired into who you are. So an anchor, and I always like to pause when I start to talk about attachment styles. Uh, Let's picture an anchor in your mind. And I feel like that kind of helps you with understanding the theory and the explanation of each attachment style. So you think about an anchor and then you think about, okay, what are its qualities? And so the main purpose of an anchor to me, when I think about what it is, is that it keeps the boat in position. It keeps the boat in position. 
So an anchor to uh, an anchor is <laughs> is usually a very as an outgoing person. I mean, an easygoing person. Um, they don't really fear things like abandonment. People with anchor attachment styles usually uh, know how to keep their um, uh, their their autonomy. They know how to uh, say yes and no. They know how to express their boundaries. They know um, they they are usually comfortable in their ability to create intimate relationships. Um, and those intimate relationships can be both physical or emotional. Like they're not afraid to go there with somebody. Anchors are usually raised in an environment where they were shown what secure relationships look like. So when we compare like an anchor style of um, attachment to an island, an island is going to be more of an avoidant type. So let's think about what an island is. Picture an island in your mind. And what kind of qualities does an island have? And so islands, like I was saying, are going to be more of an avoidant type. And so islands are usually very independent. Um, They are quite creative creatures. (laughs) But often they will feel uh, trapped in when they get into like primary relationships. So they enjoy their solitude, but they fear being absorbed by someone. They have fear they have a kind of like a fear of being absorbed by somebody else's desires or somebody else's wishes. So an island can be withdrawn. An island can withdraw when there is conflict or when there is drama around. And they kind of have this ongoing fear that they're going to be exposed. So islands can come across as being antisocial. Or they can even seem like they're kind of selfish. But where did they pick that up from? So their past experiences have taught them how to self-soothe themselves instead of depending on someone else for support. So these people are are, are self-soothing. These people enjoy their solitude. These people um, are just raised to not be dependent on others. Now, that doesn't mean that islands don't want relationships. They do. They definitely do want a relationship. However, they have a fear of just being needed and not actually being wanted. <sighs> that kind of hit that that hits hard for me. I think I... I relate to island, and then when we talk about waves, I kind of relate to that too. So, uh, can I can I be too? I don't really know, but <laughs> I can definitely see the qualities in each one. But I can definitely see that I want to inspire to be more of that anchor because it gets very tiring thinking that you're not enough. Or that someone doesn't want you, or if you have a fear of an abandonment, or trust issues, or what have you. Like, 
that wears your body down. If there was just a sense of security within yourself, like how how easy or how a relationship could form with so much more ease instead of the discomfort. So uh, usually an island will have like a really good defense system. <laughs> and the defense system is usually built into their nervous system, right? So uh, if we think about a wave, so let's think about a wave. And what are the wave's qualities? picture in your mind. And so being a wave is going to be totally opposite of being an island. So waves do enjoy deep connection. They are usually very passionate, very generous people. However, waves tend to believe that true intimacy isn't actually possible. They have a fear of abandonment. They have a fear of rejection. They have a fear of withdrawal. They have a fear of punishment. Waves are usually clingy to their partners. And I think that's the part, (laughs) clingy to their partners, that kind of resonates with me. I used to be a very clingy person. Uh, I'm not anymore. But now I'm more of an avoidant person, which is... Um, (laughs) maybe still not as healthy as I want it to be, but I can see that I have gone from one end of the spectrum to the other where I'm still trying to get to that nice spot in the middle. I'm still trying to, trying to create, uh, that balance. So, um, they, they can sometimes act very distant or they can be kind of hostile, The thing with waves is that they fear deeply what they want the most. And what they want the most is true, intimate relating. And that sentence right there, they deeply want, they deeply fear what they want and what they want the most is an intimate relationship. And that is so me. I would love to have these deep, truly deep, intimate relations. And I do with certain people. You guys know my weakness, men. Uh, (laughs) Always getting better every week. No. (laughs) But there is so much fear in that. But then I go back to a wave because I'm like, oh, no, they're going to see me. Oh, no, they're going to know too much about me. Oh, no, they're not going to really want me wants to get to know me. So I definitely do um, kind of bounce between the two, the the island and the wave. Uh, but for my children, I'm definitely an anchor. Uh, and so that is so interesting to me, right? The relationship with myself, definitely an anchor. Uh, and, and I don't think a lot of people ever talk about that different relationships are going to bring out different relationship styles and attachments. So in my family, we, I am very much an anchor. Again, my weakness, men, when I get into intimate relationships, that's when I start to freak. And so those are the ones that I'm trying to turn into something that is healthy for me. 
healthy, it needs to become a very healthy experience. Um, and, and they are over time, slowly at the pace that I need. <laughs> right? Not the pace for anybody else. It's the pace that I'm going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope somebody understood that. So, uh, usually waves are, uh, as when they were younger, they were usually in charge of like caring for the, the primary adult, right? So maybe the adult was kind of more like a child or I, I, I don't know what the circumstances could be, but maybe the child needed to take on a lot of responsibility when they were younger. And so they kind of just, because their needs are not met personally, they start to become this more, uh, have this more wavy attachment style. So the needs for their connection was not met when they were younger. So as adults, they reach for connection, but when they reach for it, there's just a sense of disappointment. Um, right. So islands and waves will usually put their needs first. Uh, out of insecurity while anchors will go ahead and put the relationship per first or the or the other person first so uh, like I said in the beginning just a word of caution you don't need to start labeling yourself from this podcast you can learn more about the styles um, on the internet there's tons of stuff about it you can um, possibly pick up the book read it see see if you can make some kind of sense of it. But this is a chance for you not to have a self-bashing moment. This is a chance and an opportunity for you to create more expansion in your life, for you to create more expansion in your relation in your experience when it comes to relationships. So, when we are getting into relationships, you always need to remember a couple of things. Um what is the purpose of the relationship? And that's, that's a huge one. What is the purpose of this relationship? And if you don't have a purpose together, <laughs> then what are you doing? No. <laughs> right? If you're like, okay, the purpose for this relationship is strictly sex. So then you know what that is and then you leave that there. Then you use it for what it is. If that's not what it is, if the purpose for this relationship is to build together, is to create a legacy, then that's your mission. That's your purpose. If your purpose is to be together because you want a family, because you want to be married, then the purpose, the vision needs to be in alignment for that relationship to really take off and to really work. Um, the next one is going to be, do you guys share the same principles? So... Um, understanding and kind of communicating about what are your core principles when it comes to relating how do each of you want to be uh loved and can you teach each other that and it's great to talk about this with each other i mean people do not really take the time to be like how do you want me to love you and it's not that you really need an answer it's just that okay you 
are willing to watch me, to learn me, to be with me while we grow so we can understand each other. But also the principles are going to relate to um, are we monogamous, right? Is this, <laughs> are we friends with benefits? Uh, are we... Are we in an open relationship and we can have other partners? Like understanding how you're going to function in your relating is going to help you out tremendously. And getting all this out in the beginning, again, beautiful, right? So I, I love when people are just super direct with me, especially men. Tell me what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to guess. I I'm not one for games. I'm not one to really play that much. I I want to know where your mind is. And I'll let you know if I can meet it. And if I can't, then I'm also going to tell you that no. That's not where I am. And I see that we're not on the same page right now. And then one more thing to think about while you're in relationships is <laughs> what are the exclusive benefits from this relating? What do you get in this relationship that nobody else gets? Because it's your relationship, right? And all of that ties into, if you can kind of think about those and then move into the relationship, then we can start to create more of that anchor style because we know what we're, what we're working towards. We have a common purpose, we have common principles, and we know what the exclusive benefits are of being together. Uh, and I hope that this was helpful for many of you. And next week we will talk about a different kind of attachment style theories. And if you are trying to get a hold of me, I am at Sunshine Ryan.com <laughs> and on Instagram at Facebook at Sunshine Ryan Tantra. And I will see you guys next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye. <laughs>